0: This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik, by progress. Hi, this is Ed Charbonneau with Eat Sleep Code, and I just wanted to let you guys know that we are trying to make the show better. So we've set up a survey at developertellericcom survey, and we are collecting feedback from listeners to see what we can do to make the show better for you. So please stop by developer.telerik.com survey and fill it out. We'd appreciate it. We've also got 10 licenses to Telerik products and t-shirts that we'll be giving away to 10 lucky winners. Thanks for your help. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Jim Holmes. How are you doing, Jim?
1: I'm doing very well.
0: And uh, today we're going to be talking about going all in with the three amigos. We'll explain that in a moment. Uh, let's uh, let's start with a little bit about you, Jim. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, so, let's see. I will avoid going back to the dawn of time when I was born. Um, I've been around... Various corners of software delivery for coming up on 30 years now. Um, So I'm an old fart, but I've done a lot of different roles. Uh, PM, developer, uh, have been customer relations. I've done support. My focus really for kind of the last 10 or 15 years has been diving deeper and deeper into getting good quality out of software delivery teams and have really been focusing a lot on kind of the human communication and how we get um, all of the hardest stuff which is not the technology but you know communication collaboration clarity and um, what we're really trying to build and how to do it well um, so I've uh, I'm currently an executive consultant with Pillar Technologies um, that's a, a Midwest consulting firm although we've got offices around other places um, I've got a side uh, company guidepost systems that lets me also do different types of engagements. Uh, used to work for Telerik, was there about three and a half years working with the awesome folks on Test Studio. Um, I was both the evangelist for all of that time and then for about a year, a year and a half, I also was director of engineering for that and got to work with the teams in Austin and Sophia. Um, so Telerik uh, is near and dear to my heart. Um, even after the merger with Progress, uh, I still fondly think of, uh, gosh, I guess it's been about a 10-year association with Telerik. So that's it for me.
0: Well, thanks for uh, sharing that with this, uh, Jim. We um, we appreciate the Telerik love. <laughs> uh, definitely... Um Appreciate your, you know, input on the Test Studio project over the years. Uh, it's it's quite the um, the the useful tool uh, that I, I don't get a ch- enough chance myself to uh, get involved in and talk about. Um, really uh, wish we still had one of the one of the uh, Test Studio evangelist spots <laughs> in our our team of evangelist folks.
1: Right, right. Um, it it's a wonderful tool and I was lucky they made the Evangelist spot for me um, when I started talking with Telerik uh, years ago about coming on board it was because I'd seen Test Studio and um, it's not the perfect tool for everybody but the thing was it solved so many problems that I was struggling with on a regular basis um, I, just, I I fell in love with it and it was doing the right sorts of things, right? You know, you can have tools that kind of lead you off um, down a very bad path, and, you know, a few months after you've dived into this tool, um, it turns out that all of a sudden you're in the midst of a whole bunch of pain because it wasn't doing maintainable solutions, and Test Studio just nailed um, those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was and continues to be some... Something that's very close to me, uh, close to the heart. So, yeah, a lot of love for the tool.
0: Yeah. So I don't want to get too far off track with the uh, the uh, Test Studio discussion. <laughs> sure. uh, we may segue back into it with uh, the the other topic that we have at hand, um, but. I, I was on Twitter the other day and you posted this blog post that caught my eye. Um, and the title was all in with the three amigos. Um, and I, I just reached out to you really quick and said, you know, let's, let's talk about this on the podcast because it sounds interesting. So other than an epic eighties movie, uh, what is <laughs> the three amigos?
1: Um, so first off, thank you very much for the opportunity, uh, to chat. Um, So, a little tangent and then I'll come right back. Um, For years, I felt strongly that the single best thing any development, pardon me, any delivery team could do to improve how they built software was to run regular disciplined retrospectives. You know, you meet up as a group, you talk about what's working, what's not, Um, You pick one or two things to focus on, good or bad, for the next iteration or the next cycle. And over time, a retrospective just, it smooths out all the potholes. Well, um, I've I've come over the last several years to change my mind, and um, it's because I've seen the impact of how three amigos work. So, okay. Now back, what are we at? Uh, what is Three Amigos besides the awesome Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase movie? Um, in software delivery, uh, for some time, and, and I don't even know where it started up, um, there's been this notion of three roles who typically don't talk enough, and the Three Amigos is meant to bring those roles into an active um a uh, very frequent communication flow. so it's the three amigos the BA business analyst or system analyst, you know whoever is playing kind of the customer or product owner proxy, uh, the developer and the tester. Um, and the idea is that each of those three roles has a critical view into what's what needs to happen with the software um, and that it's basic, implementation uh, three amigos is a conversation that you do when you're in your iteration and you get a work item that's ready to go so it doesn't matter if it's um, doesn't matter if you're doing waterfall or some form of agile scrum XP whatever or if you have just got total chaos um, you have a work item that gets ready to go before anybody lays their hands on the keyboard to write code, you have a discussion with the three amigos. So you get together the BA, the tester, and the developer, and this is an opportunity to clarify stuff as you're going to move forward through development and testing as you're building stuff.
0: And we're talking about clarifying our uh, deliverables and, like, architecture. Um
1: So, um, really, it's you take that work item, and um, I've actually built up a little uh, template that I created for the last team that I was working with of conversation starters. Um, And the first thing, you know, here's a work item, right? So hopefully it's a good thin slice of something that you can knock out in a very short time. The first question is, does everybody on the team understand why you're building it? Um, we tech geeks get so deep into building stuff that we forget that, we, that we're building stuff for a reason, right? We are trying to solve <laughs> someone's problem, and we don't talk about that enough. So the very first thing everybody should be thinking about is, man, does this thing make sense? Are we shipping some good value or do we need to go back to the product owner and have a quick conversation to make sure that we're all on the same uh, on the same page with this? Um, so it's a great just even there just validation right from that point is extraordinarily useful. Oh wait a minute, this isn't clear. Let's go have a chat with the product owner, and we'll do something else in the meantime.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, comic from XKCD that I I bring up when I I talk about uh, user experience, and this kind of reminds me, this conversation reminds me of it, um, where the the first slide is uh, somebody asking uh, another person across the dinner table, probably a developer, uh, (laughs) to pass the salt. And then there's several blank slides later, and... The guy's again. he's like, what's taking so long? And the developer's re- reply is, well, I was trying to figure out a system to pass you arbitrary condiments. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we get down these rabbit holes of, you know, architecting this uh, flexible, always extensible thing before we even know what the de- deliverable is.
1: It, it, yeah, you know, um, we've gotten so fixated On a technical solution um, that we you know we lose track of we're trying to make somebody's life easier um, help them get revenue help them you know better serve their customers if you're doing something fantastic you may be impacting you know saving people's lives and instead, we tend, like you said, we jump down to, oh, how can I make this, you know, extensible? And can I use, you know, Cowboy version four point two point eight nine? And you know, which version of Angular shipped uh, this hour? Um, tying back to value, I think is something we've got to sort of turn our heads back around on.
0: Absolutely. I I totally agree with you there. Um, We we definitely get down rabbit holes. Uh, Like you said, we're always looking for the latest and greatest thing to play with. Um, But at the end of the day, we we have to ship something.
1: We do. Absolutely do. Um, So, you know, the conversation is a great starter point for things like, you know, do we know what we're building and does it serve a why? Um, But there's also – so, you know, that's the big business prop, right? But there are also things that are – extraordinarily helpful for the work that you're doing right in front of you um, you know there's a discussion of at the high level how are we going to do this what components are we touching um, do we understand what the value and risk trade-offs are involved with this because if you have a quick conversation around that that then starts to inform how you're going to build the system how you're going to test it, and how you're going to make sure that acceptance criteria work for that. So all of those things come into play in this in this um, Three Amigos meeting, and it doesn't have to be long. The first time people do it, uh, you know, sometimes there will be a half hour of discussion because people are kind of stumbling around, but in a very short amount of time, if you're disciplined about having the discussion on every single work item, then the three amigos come together and it's a five-minute conversation of okay values clear I get where this fits Um, here's the test data that we're gonna need Uh, here's some edge cases that I'm gonna look at here are specific acceptance criteria Um, you flesh those out a little bit you make sure that there are not any requirements gaps and again the beautiful thing about this is it doesn't matter what methodology or process you're following this is a conversation you don't need permission to go do it right you don't have to go talk to your enterprise level process um, you know dogmatist um, you can just go have a conversation take a few minutes fix those quick gaps that you've got you've got a real-time feedback loop there of you know one minute um, and off you go, and everybody's much clearer about what to build, how to test it, and to get good test coverage as well, so that you're you're very clear on your quality.
0: So I, d- I don't want to get you into um, an uncomfortable discussion, so if, if you don't have something that you can add here, then... Just let me know. But is there sure. a specific like case that you can remember back to where you you had one of these discussions, and it, you know it maybe uh, stopped you f- or your team from making a bad decision, or um, it you know helped in some you know some way that you didn't expect?
1: Um. So I'll say that uh, since we've gotten well, and I see this with every I'm, I've been with the same. Uh, team now for a year which is frankly um, in my career that uh, that's been pretty extraordinary to be heads down but I see this time and time again with a number of teams um, requirements gaps get immediately identified um, test data you know you may have some of these discussions in like iteration or release planning but you learn more as you build more right so the three amigos when you're pulling that work item off Gives you that exact bit of information at the at the you know at the current time you need it. Um, a, a variation on this is a discussion that I pointed um, some of my testers to because they hadn't had a Three Amigos when I'd just gotten there. I'd been at the project like three or four weeks, um, and they asked me to do like fifty UI tests. Um, of this one grid because everybody in business seems to always want to reinvent Excel because uh, apparently you know 30 years of Excel development wasn't good enough <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry a little bitter there <laughs> so um, my current client had this grid where they would figure out um product version offerings like so we have this one piece of machinery it's got eighty nine options we're going to do five of these four of those eight of the other thing and literally if the calculations on this grid were off um tens or potentially hundreds of millions of dollars for the client could be at risk that's some scary numbers um no pressure yeah no pressure <laughs> right i mean, so you know you want to talk risk value these calculations are it and my testers were very sharp about this. You know, look, big risk here. We've got to do 50 of these UI tests. Um, well, the particular component that they were using was a huge pain in the bleep to automate against. So I didn't want to do all of them in the first place. But more importantly, I asked the testers, okay, you guys didn't have any discussion early on here. Do you know what the, what the developers did for unit testing, and the two testers look at each other and they shrug their shoulders and they say, "No, uh, we don't know what they have." So we literally swiveled our seats around, talked to the developers. Turned out that there was a hundred percent coverage of all of the calculations on that grid via Jasmine tests. So now, all of a sudden, because of that conversation, um, we knew we didn't have to write all those ui tests we had good coverage at the at the unit level and then all we needed was one happy path and one sad path test at the ui level and then there was another thing which is as testers um so developers think happy path um and you know maybe an edge case or two it's just how the brain works you know i've I've been a developer for a while i've been a tester for a while um, it's okay but the thing with these conversations is that as the testers we asked okay so that hundred percent coverage you've got you've got complex formulas there are you varying one parameter and checking the output or are you doing multiple parameters and checking the output right so if that ma- if that didn't make sense you know, will think of, I've got one variable, I'll test the outcome. I've got five variables, I'll test the outcome. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, uh, you want to make sure that if you change multiple variables, you don't affect something else
1: further down the system. Exactly. So uh, the thing is, wh- you know, it's complexity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you have multiple parameters, you need to actually check interaction of that well it turned out guess what the developers weren't doing any of that multi-parameter testing so there was a risk that they'd missed something because they weren't doing anything other than the single parameter testing okay so in the space of five minutes of conversation we got an extraordinarily better picture of risk of of risk mitigation and of better test coverage. And that's the sort of thing that the Three Amigos Conversations is just gold about.
0: Yeah, and I, I opened up your um, your template. So on, on your blog post, you actually included like a, a Word document template so people can just grab this and, and get started. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it basically has uh, some of the top questions that you should ask, like, why are we building this? What's the value? Uh, what test data is needed? So like the hard-hitting questions, and these are things you can get through in just a few
1: minutes. Absolutely. And, and what I try to make sure that everybody understands is those are just starting points, right? Um, you know, God forbid anybody ever associate anything I do as a best practice. There's no such thing. This is meant, you know, just like if you're stumped and you can't figure out what to talk about in a Three Amigos, here, take this little card, print it out, hand it out to all of your team members. That's exactly what we did. Um, and these are the sorts of things to chat about. And, you know, um, you said it yourself, you just kind of look down that and it's like five-minute conversation Maybe it spawns off something more important – or, I'm sorry, more uh, more longer. <laughs> Maybe it spawns off something longer. That's the whole point of that three amigos, right? Take the conversations where they need to go.
0: I think it's funny, like, sometimes in our industry, it can be, you know, the three amigos that you point out, or even things like your design team, your UI, UX, uh, folks, like nobody seems to want to talk to one another, and I don't. I don't quite understand what the 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 point of siloing everyone is uh, in software, but it seems to happen a lot.
1: Yeah, so you know, um, a human nature. B, we geeks have done this to ourselves, one hundred percent. Well, okay, maybe ninety five percent. We've done it to ourselves um you know i t is viewed as where quirky introverts go to live and be cranky and uh you know test run, each run other the world people. yeah <laughs> yeah you know this is like this is not an american thing this isn't america it's it's human nature and it's how it has it's how we have defined ourselves um and taken some point and pride in that um and so yes then you know you have the stereotypical grumpy dba you have the um tester that nobody likes to talk to because they're going off on insane edge cases that maybe one person in every thirty eight and a half million years will ever run into and then you've got the developer who just wants to be you know thrown requirements under a door with pizza and you know don't make them talk to anybody um but you know what and again this you don't need permission for any of this and if you start these conversations pretty soon you find out that you know that grumpy developer and the testy tester person um, actually care about the same sort of stuff but it involves you being willing to kind of step out of the persona that you've grabbed onto. Um, opening up and being a little more empathetic to those other humans and I tell you what um, time and time again I have seen teams not turn around but go from being borderline dysfunctional to at least well functional if not highly functional that's a long process but you know everything starts with a step right
0: Yeah. another another thing that I find uh, a bit surprising is the the idea that people on these different teams feel like um, maybe the other team doesn't understand the language they're speaking or, right. you know, if, you know, testers aren't going to understand this type of code or the develop the designers aren't going to understand this, you know, this code that I wrote uh, or vice versa. And right. it's uh, it's really Far from the truth. Like the the more I visit conferences and and talk to people at meetup groups and get involved with the community, I find like people are very much open to full stack development or uh, they their talents cross many
1: boundaries. It yeah you know um, we humans are a pain in the butt quirky lot, um, but you know those those perceptions sometimes there's a nugget of truth there but when you engage somebody when I reach out to somebody about hey I'm trying to figure out a little more about what you do when somebody else hears that that you're expressing interest it, you know it's very rare that there isn't some bit of opening up um, you know it's a trust thing it's it, it's a communication thing Um, Three Amigos is not about getting in and having a big group hug and singing Kumbaya. (laughs) It's about um, learning um, not just to be open to other people's views, but um, understanding the extraordinary value and the helpful value, right? Uh, At its heart, this is trying to make a team being... uh, getting on the road to being extremely high-performing. And if nothing else, if you're a lazy person like I am, and somebody tells me that I can cut feedback cycles, and I can prevent rework, yahoo, sign me up.
0: Absolutely. Who doesn't like to, you know, save time? And I'm one of those people that's like, if if I have to do this task twice or three times, it needs to be automated. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. that's – I mean, I, I'm probably stereotyping here again, but, you know, I, I would assume that's most developers. That's kind of it's kind of our thing.
1: It is. Um, sometimes we get a little too wrapped up, um, and, you know, it's kind of – you've probably seen the Lego meme where the two guys are pushing a cart, and it has square wheels, and there's a guy with a round wheel, and the two guys pushing the cart say, oh, we don't have time to improve. You know we run into that, but yes, you know there's the mindset of how can we work better? Um, and especially as we start to kind of shift our view around from what's the work in front of me to how am I providing value out in production, um, all of that kind of flows together in my view.
0: I say a lot and a lot of stuff in here about um, integration and unit testing. Um, and, like, the impact on functionality and whatnot. Is there anything in here regarding, uh, say, like, maintainability and, like, code standards, or is that for another conversation?
1: Um, so, again, there's no hard, fast rules around what's in the three amigos, right? The, the whole point is you need to tailor it to what your team needs to move forward. Um, you know, maintainability and code standards. If you're using things like SonarQube or, you know, Independ or any number of other analysis tools, um, that may be something that I'd normally have off to the side of Three Amigos. You know, that's kind of the broader. How do you do your work versus how are we going to do this effectively? Now, I guess you could think about it in a way of, oh, you know, we're going to have to touch these three components. We may want to look at um, refactoring something out to make it easier to extend as we move forward, right? That uh, I'm speaking off the cuff here as I'm looking out the window. Uh, that could totally be in three amigos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it's – it, well, and that's especially useful if your team is – in the middle of, like, trying to change how they build the code, right? So not necessarily deliver, but the actual craftsmanship principles, right? Maybe you're struggling with people who have been fairly low-skilled. They didn't understand good development patterns, you know, a lot of duplication, a lot of other problems. Um, Reminding people about that during the three amigos in those kinds of contexts, man, why wouldn't you? You know, hey, let's not fall back into the old bad habits, right? You know, we've been doing two days of, of great development. Let's have a third day.
0: Yeah, so uh, if you guys would like to read Jim's blog post, uh, I, I'm i trying to pronounce your, your web address here, Jim. Do you want to help <laughs> me with this? Brazzledad.com. <laughs> Okay, Frazzledad, it, it kind of blends all in when it's uh, one word up in the it address does. bar. Uh, <laughs> so Frazzledad.blogspot.com uh, or... Um, uh,
1: just Frazzledad.com
0: <laughs> I, okay, and it uh, redirects. You'll get a redirect there. Um, uh, Jim has the uh, template up on the blog post as well, so you can grab that and uh, get use that as a starting point for your three amigos discussions. Um, I think this is a great value add for many, you know, big shops that are uh, working with independent teams that uh, may or may not talk a lot. <laughs> so, appreciate you uh, sharing this with us, Jim.
1: Yeah, and so here's the deal. Um, it, you know, you do a bit of reading on Three Amigos, you have some discussions, you can make an impact on your team this week, literally, right? So, Um, software craftsmanship is something that is extraordinarily um, important to how we deliver good value, right? But learning craftsmanship skills um, takes months or years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying forgo that, but three amigos it's a conversation you know you don't need new tooling i don't have to go buy licenses i don't have to go do anything it's a conversation and if you just start it and you be disciplined about doing it on every work item then i guarantee i guarantee in 5 business days if you're if you're committing to it you'll see a change you it, absolutely see a change
0: and uh, do you have any advice for folks that want to get on board with this and maybe have, like, a stubborn teammate or... Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's never, ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing is, and this this is also something we geeks don't do well, is we have shorted ourselves on learning how to persuade other people, right? Right. Um, So something that I've found very helpful um, is uh, if I'm getting pushback or if I sense that I'm going to get pushback, I won't set it up as, oh, we're going to implement three amigos. Instead, um, work starts on something, and I am really good at playing dumb because I'm not the brightest star in the galaxy. So I'll just go ask people, hey, Um, I'm a little confused on acceptance criteria here and I need some help on figuring out data flows could we have a little five-minute chat and you whiteboard something for me right you can be um, I was gonna use the word slide but that's got some negative connotations right yeah no you can be sneaky about this Um, it doesn't have to be this big process rollout change it's a conversation If you have people that are still skeptical, ask to run an experiment. This is something else that we don't think about um, often enough, but ask for people to commit for one week. We're going to meet on every work item, and we'll set a 10-minute time box, and we're not scheduling an hour-long Outlook meeting, right? It's a 10-minute conversation. We're going to talk about these things, and I want to... Validate the number of uh, uh, requirements misses and defects that we head off at the end of that week, right? So you have something measurable, um, and hopefully that will help uh, persuade people that, yeah, it's got some use.
0: So, uh, Jim, are there uh, any talks that you're going to be giving? I know you're a speaker um, is this something you'll be presenting, or uh, are you going to be at any conferences coming up soon?
1: Uh, I am pretty much done until October. Um, I used to speak a whole lot, even when I wasn't working at Telerik as an evangelist, but uh, this last year I've been pretty much focused just on work, which has been kind of nice. Um, so I was at Sturtrek, uh there at sturtrek.com. Um, there's a video of my talk I did there which isn't specifically around this but there's some of the concepts mentioned in there Um, I'll be doing a little bit of that same thing at Star West in October and then you know uh, if uh, the gods smile down on me I'll be back at Codemash next year um, maybe talking about something similar but I I write a lot about this stuff and You know, I'm on Twitter, I talk about this stuff. If anybody's got questions, feel free to, you know, look up, contact me through my blog, Uh, ping me on Twitter. It's A. Jim Holmes, not Jim Holmes, he's this uh, funny developer over in London, just A. Jim Holmes.
0: (laughs) So you lucked out, and uh, your Twitter twin is also a developer.
1: Well, it's pretty funny, um, because uh, some years ago, I had a Twitter account, Jim Holmes, I left Twitter, um, and then for the longest time you couldn't get Twitter handles back, so I did a Jim Holmes, and then like a year or two later all of a sudden people are messaging him <laughs> thinking it's me. And the guy has an awesome sense of humor. For his Twitter bio, I swear to God, four or five years ago when confusion was just rampant, um, his Twitter his Twitter description said I put the bugs in. If you're looking for testing, see a Jim Holmes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: was awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah, I've got a uh, somebody owns mylastname.com, and oh. they just so happen to be like in IT, but from the '90s, and they still haven't updated their site. So, oh man, if you go to Charbonneau.com, you get like some thing that says like Internet Explorer 5 download here, <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> Uh, they will not let go of that that domain so
1: oh bummer at,
0: at least the the person uh, on Twitter is <laughs> aware of you and
1: <laughs> he redirects all kinds of stuff I own so many pints of Guinness, its it's uh, pathetic <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great <laughs> we'll uh we'll wrap all this stuff up in a short post um, in our show notes so we'll, okay. we'll include your blog URL there as well if people haven't got the frazzled dad thing down yet? Uh, you could go to developer.teleric.com and uh, look for the show, and there'll be show notes with links to uh, Jim's blog and uh, Jim's um, Twitter account. So uh, you can get in touch with him there. We also accept uh, comments and feedback on the website and on SoundCloud. Uh, so if you guys want to leave comments there as well, we do have discussions on SoundCloud. And uh, please give us a like on iTunes. Uh, we could use the um, uh, publicity and listeners. If you enjoy the show, share that with people. Let, let them know. Uh, Jim, again, appreciate you coming on the show and chatting about three amigos with me. That sounds like uh, a low barrier to entry and big rewards uh, type of thing It is,
1: it is uh, Thank you for having me on and for uh, tolerating my um, passionate rants about this stuff
0: (laughs) Uh, It's excellent Uh, It's nice talking to you And um, we'll have you on again sometime Thanks very much, man Alright, thank you